Hey now, D2 sports fans, we're glad you can join us for another episode of the D2 Nation podcast. I'm your co-host, Wayne Cavani, and joining me as always is the great Bethany Bowman. Welcome back, partner. Always good to be back. Thanks so much, Wayne. Of course. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is crunch time. It is March. It's the month that we all wait for in the D2 basketball season. There's just a few days remaining before the selection committee locks itself in a room and tries to fill out that 64-team bracket we've all been waiting for. There are a lot of teams on the bubble that many of these conference tournaments can shake things up in. It has been a very wild season, so trying to predict what happens this week or even what the bracket will look like is no easy task. One thing that we do know, though, as usual, the Drury Panthers are right in the hunt for another D2 women's basketball tournament. Joining us today is the Panthers head coach, Amy Egan. Welcome to the nation, coach. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited that you're here. Um, you're another, we're, we're partially excited because of all the success you have, but you're also another coach that we've had. The last few coaches we've had on have gone from D2 student athlete to D2 coach. So it's a, it's a really fun little story. So one of those things that we want to talk about is kind of how you came to D2 in the first place as a player. And before you do, let's just let our listeners and viewers know you're looking at someone that's the fourth all-time leading scorer in Truman history (laughs) and the all-time leader in steals and assists. So you were a very good student athlete back in the day. What drew you to D2 women's basketball and Truman uh, in particular? Yeah, well, you know, when things were a lot different, obviously, when uh, I was growing up, and I'm not trying to date myself at all, but, um, you know, we, it, it, we didn't have social media, recruiting was different with, um, without having social media, you know, those kind of things. Uh, I grew up about an hour from Truman, and, um, you know, I even remember, you know, me and my dad, because I had some opportunities to play at a higher level, but um, I knew, for me, my number one thing, which kind of sounds a little bit crazy, but I want to stay close to home. Uh, staying close to home was just something really, really important to me. And so uh, when I was looking at some of even the D1s and, and kind of going from there, I just knew what what really mattered to me is I wanted to be close to my family. I'm one of five kids and um, just grew up really close with them. So that was really important. And a big reason I, ch- I chose Truman. Uh, another reason is, you know, from my freshman year in high school to my senior year in high school, um, I played a major role, um, and uh, I wasn't going to be okay sitting the bench. Um, that just wasn't who I was. You know, I knew what I wanted. I wanted to have the opportunity to play immediately, not that anything's guaranteed. Uh, and Truman was definitely in a rebuilding uh, phase at that point with uh, a new coach coming on board and everything. So uh, I liked the opportunity that I had there to possibly play as a freshman. So then after your playing time, you returned to your alma mater as head coach. Naturally, you rewrote the record book and, uh, you know, for wins and winning percentage by a head coach. What was that experience like coaching at Truman and how hard of a de- decision was it? To- yeah. It uh, it was special. I mean, I think that's a, a really good way to put it. Um, you know, I think it, it was special in, in regards to already kind of knew what Truman was about. You know, Truman's a very academic school. Uh, and so you, you, when you talk about recruiting a different type of student athlete, that's what you do there. You recruit a different type of student athlete, you know? So one of the first things we looked at was ACT, you know? And, um, so I think, you know, being there, I think it was just really special because I played there and, you know, I, I still say, you know, Truman's home, you know, that's, um, we went there and played this year and it's just home, you know, the people there are home. Uh, I love it. 
but you know, the opportunity to come and uh, possibly take over a program that uh, not just like recently has been good, but the history and, and the historical um, the, the historical significance of this of this program has just been outstanding, and so the opportunity to come here and take over a program that, uh, I mean, East Drink Sleeps Women's Basketball. There's no doubt about it. Whether you're talking about the the fans or you talk about uh, the boosters, the winning, all that kind of stuff, um, I think it's a very very special place at Division Two. Yeah, yeah. So here and and. Your old assistant is now the the head coach at Truman, yeah. too, right? So you get a little bit yeah. of that's got to be exciting too when you go back there. Um, yeah, but you here you are. You're at this conference rival. You like you said, Drury. Um, your first year there as the assistant, it was undefeated run, and then 2020 happened, so we didn't get to see how it, how it ended. And then the next season, you become head coach, make it to the championship game. Oh, and you're also named a WBC <laughs> coach of the year. It's just like wherever you go, you do something incredible. <laughs> just recently, you won your 50th game a, as a Panther, which is mm-hmm. a, a good milestone, but you did it in 56 games, right? Like It's yeah. just amazing. Let's talk a little bit about your time with the pa- Panthers, starting as that assistant coach role to now, you know, um, where we are now uh, heading into the GLVC tournament. Absolutely. Well, I think it definitely helped you know, when I took over that I already have relationships with the kids. Um, so I think already having those relationships and, and the kids knowing me and knowing who I was as a person first, um, I think helped with the transition. Um, and when you talk about just a group of kids that um, just wanted to win and uh, whatever it took to win, I mean, they just, that's what they wanted. You know, they were, I think we just had that trust amongst each other that, um, you know, they just trusted anything that I told them because we already had a relationship with it. So um, I think last year, uh, that was a big part of it, you know, and I also think they had, they felt like they had something to prove last year, you know, uh, when you graduate, um, you know, Deja Bernard and, and Haley uh, Distelkamp, I mean, those kids are irreplaceable. They're two kids that wrote history books here, you know, um, because they have their talent and how good they are. So I think a lot of people thought that last year we were going to really drop off without those two. And so I think in our kids' minds, um, they had some motivation there that, hey, let's show everybody that we can still, you know, we can keep this thing going, that we can still play, um, even though we lost two very, very good players. And, um, you know, a lot of kids too, you know, when you play in a championship uh, program, you have a lot of talent, you know, you have a lot of kids that can do a lot of things. And sometimes when they're younger, they're asked to play a different role uh, until somebody graduates. And I think a lot of that happened too, whether it was Paige, you know, waiting for her turn or, you know, Emily Parker, Isaiah Lynch. I mean, a lot of those kids were kind of playing behind kids that, um, that were so talented. Um, and then when it was their opportunity, they were ready to shine. So just a, a quick follow-up, like thinking about this in the grand scheme of things, you started playing your, your basketball as a student athlete. I mean, in your career from player to now has spanned a long time and D2 has on the women's basketball court has become so much more competitive, right? Like just look at your season this year, how hard it was yeah. to get to LVC. What changes in the game itself have you seen from that time, some, from the point you started till now? Yeah, uh, I think there's been a lot, you know, um, specifically, I would say like style of play almost. Um, you know, I, I think when I started, a lot of style of play used to be, um, you know, at least one low post player, if not two post players, um, you know, and, and three guards. 
uh, and then it kind of transitioned to four guards and one post. And now I think you're seeing a lot of five guards out there, you know, and um, I think in our league, um, you know, there's not a lot of teams that have uh, back, true back to the back post players. Uh, most people are playing five uh, guards with maybe the, their fifth guard being six foot, six one, uh, or maybe six two, and then uh, kind of on down from there. So I think that's probably been uh, the biggest transition. You know, a lot of a lot of those forwards and post players now can shoot it, can handle it, uh, where before they were stuck a lot with their back to the basket. So I I, I, th- I definitely think that's been the biggest change um, in in uh, you know women's basketball at our level and and kind of the style of play of stuff. So this season in particular, it threw you a few curveballs between COVID and losing Paige Robinson, one of our earliest guests here on the show for a significant time. The Panthers lost four games, and it sounds silly, but for Drury, that's a lot. How did you combat those challenges, and how impressed are you by how this team has responded? Yeah, I mean, I'm so proud of the team, first and foremost, you know, um, to be able to go through what we we went through. Um, I mean, it's not easy when you lose the division two player of the year and the, and, and the time that we lost her and then trying to figure out, you know, we had four games that the week we came back after Christmas, when we knew she was going to be out, we had four games in seven days. And, you know, it's hard to really figure things out exactly uh, in practice when you don't have a lot of time. Um, but so it kind of takes some game stuff. So then I think we got kind of on a roll, um, but definitely a, a big difference when you lose the division two player of the year, you know, and then we had, uh, one of our other best guards have had COVID uh, and was out for a couple weeks. So it's been a different um, year again in regards to all that, but it's also been, uh, I think, really, really good for us. You know, uh, I feel like, you know, when you go through a lot of that, you learn a lot about your kids. You learn about a lot about your team. Uh, you can grow in many, many areas. And I think our team did that this year. And so um, I'm really, really proud of how they handled all of that. Um, and, and we knew, you know, at any point with COVID too this year, it could still be the same thing as last year. You know, you never know. So everybody's got to be ready to step up. And I think they did that re- really, really well. Um, you know, it's crazy that um, we lost four games and, um, you know, our kids sometimes feel like they failed um, and when you're, you're 28 and four. And um, I think that just, you know, credits the history of the program here and how good it's been here. Uh, and I definitely don't view it as that, um, you know, with it. And I think it's some great opportunities to learn. But um, sometimes people forget that, you know, four losses is really still not that much. Uh, but the, the expectations here are just really, really high. And so I think we've had to, to kind of talk about some of that because our kids struggled with a little bit of that. Uh, but, you know, just putting things in perspective for them and, and really just talking them through things, I think that helps. And we do a lot of that. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about three of these players because the, it, the whole team's incredible. You have a lot of depth, but what's it like to coach Paige Robinson? Let's talk about Al- Alana Finley's breakout because she, she broke out big time and then getting a transfer yeah. like Haley. I mean, get, she was just, I, she's played huge. Uh, I think she had what, 22 points in just the, in the last game yeah. you played. Right. Uh, so yeah. Like, like I said, I'm not trying to slight anyone on that team. Great players all around, but those are the three players I want to, I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we've said it, you know, from the beginning, we have so much, so many talented kids and that bring different things to the table, you know, and uh, the biggest challenge sometimes as a coach is getting every kid to understand, like, this is what you do well, you know, this is what you bring us. And um, you're not great at everything. Maybe or you're not the best at everything. 
Um, so we have a lot of conversations about that and helping kids understand like what they can bring to us. Um, just a high level kid. I mean, uh, a competitor, uh, a kid that just demands a lot of herself, spends a lot of time in the gym, uh, has some high ch- achieving goals. Um, and she really, I mean, if you think about it, Wayne, like to be in her position is really really hard you know you have a lot of pressure on you when you're the reigning division two player of the year and she handles it really really well she knows and understands that the most important thing is that we win you know and uh that goes to the forefront with it it's it's hard you know pressure and uh, everything that's thrown on her and, and a lot of expectations you know with it um and then Man, Elena is just, um, you know, last year, her story is nuts. So Elena, um, I mean, she's just really stepped up to that next level. She's got a really cool story. So uh, I think so, you know, last year when we took over, she was all the way up until the conference tournament. And I'm not kidding. She was the worst practice player on our team. I mean, the worst. Uh, And I kept telling you know, my assistant, I'm like, this kid is not going to make it. Like, she is not going to make it in this program. Like, she is, <laughs> she was just bad. And I don't know what clicked, but in our conference tournament, regional tournament last year, she kind of started getting it um, somehow. And when you talk about a kid that went from me saying that last year to a kid this year that I can't hardly take off the floor, uh, whether it's practice or games, it's just, it's crazy. You know, and that just goes to, to reinforce, you know, things we talk about with our players all the time, that everybody gets it at a different time in their career. You know, everybody's different. Uh, everybody runs their own race. And so, you know, if I would have just said, given up on her and just stopped coaching her, um, you know, who knows? I mean, she, she obviously might not be in the position she's in. And now she's possibly an All-American, you know, really taking our team and helping us take the next level. Um, and then Kaylee DeMitz, um, man, what an addition to our program. And just a kid, again, that just wants to win, you know, and, and uh, that's why she came. You know, she had a great career at, at Pitt State, um, and she wanted to just compete for a national championship and uh, has really pressing a lot when Paige was out because we were asking her to do a lot. Like, hey, we need you to do more. We need you to do this, you know, because we we're really struggling with scoring. But now that Paige has came back, it's just really let the game come to her, and I – if I, I bet if I had it up, she's shooting 65, 70% from the field since Paige's came back um, because she's just taking what's given to her, you know, and Paige gets a lot of attention. And uh, so she's definitely taking that role on. So uh, just three kids that I think not only are super, super talented, but are just really good, um, just leaders within our program. Yeah, yeah. And, and you need leaders because you play in the Midwest region, you know, and, and yeah. as an analyst, uh, I can break things down from an outsider's perspective, look at records, look at the metrics, but what's it like coaching in that region and make your pitch why it's the best in the land? Yeah, it, it's nuts, you know, to have three teams right now. Um, you know, when we were 32-0 and 0 when I was an assistant, we had three teams in the top five in our region. I mean, that's ridiculous, you know, um, and now we have three teams in the, in the top 10. Um, I mean, it just, it's some good, good basketball, you know, and uh, from a coach's standpoint, um, you know, it's disappointing that we, we might not get the, the true elite eight teams at the elite eight because of that. Uh, but man, does it make for a fun regional, you know, you love those games. Those are the games you love to play, you know, the, the high, po- high powered, high intensity games. It's, it's what you work so hard for. So uh, we're, we're excited about the regional. Um, and I mean, it's going to be some really, really good basketball. 
And like we mentioned, you have that special, you know, connection and bond as a division two player and a coach. So what makes division two special to you? Yeah, I, I love it. And, you know, people ask me some, sometimes about that and I, I have never been at the division one level, so I don't know. I just have friends that obviously division one and contacts and that, but, um, what I love about Division Two is just the balance. Balance again. I'm not saying that Division One doesn't. I just I don't know. Uh, but our kids get a little bit of that balance uh, with basketball, and you know they get some time off, and um, but they also work really, really hard at their craft and had the opportunity to be successful at something they're really, really passionate about. Um, and so that's what I really enjoy about it. You know, um, we get to play for championships. I mean. It doesn't matter. I always say this, whether you're at Division One, Division Two, and AI. Um, I mean, you're going to win a national championship, man. Are you going to feel good? You know, uh, you know, to have the opportunity to play in front of, in front of 1,500 fans and have uh, a bunch of family and boosters around, um, and the opportunity to get a great education to play for for championships. I mean, uh, I think it's an experience that um, intrigues a lot of kids, and uh, because of that, I think that's why we've had so much success. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it, yeah, you could see that. And definitely, you know, yeah. even when I write the articles, the Drury's home arena is always in there as one of the best places to play. And we talked about it with Paige earlier this year. So I, I know that's a big part of it too, but coach, you've, you've made it through the easy part of the show. And now we're going to throw you on the D2 nation hot seat just to close out things with some fun. Oh, Are, no. you re- Are you ready? Give it, give it to me. All right, Bethany. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just start easy. I think you might have someone in mind for this. Who's a coach or coaches that you've admired that have impacted your style of coaching? Yeah. Uh, number one, Larry Just. He was um, the first head coach that I worked under that I was assistant uh, for for four years. Uh, just an unbelievable guy. And that was at Quincy University. And he eventually got out of college, uh, out of college um, and then went to high school and won some state championships. Just a great, great mentor. I think, you know, it's all about that. Who mentors you? And um, I was very, very lucky to, to have that. Um, I mean, I've had so many along the way, but, you know, even if you talk about Molly Miller and uh, just being around her and, and learning some of her defensive stuff and some mentoring there with it, um, you know, my college coach, um, you know, I still keep in contact with her and, you know, I learned so many things, uh, whether it's habits, you know, uh, from them. And uh, so I have a lot of great, I think, mentors I'm very blessed with in my life. Okay. Okay. What's the best sports movie of all time? Love and basketball. I, I love it. it. I knew it was going to be a basketball movie. It was a, it was a yeah, no question. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know that. Uh, I, I would say that. I would also say, I mean, I love Hoosiers. I always love Hoosiers. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> if you have the chance to pick the pregame warm-up mix, what music would you be blasting? <laughs> um, you know, we're definitely going with 90s. Um, probably Snoop Dogg. Uh, <laughs> some Easy e uh, Nice. Kids would, would be shocked, but uh, we'd probably go some rap type stuff. So the Super Bowl halftime show would be reunited in the one hundred percent. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite halftime ever. <laughs> nice. I was trying not to dance, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, moving on. What's your what's your favorite food? I would say pizza. I can eat pizza every day, all day, uh, yeah. with it and any kind. Um, not too picky about stuff. 
<laughs> nice. Well, that's good because usually basketball players eat a lot of pizza on the road trips. So. <laughs> Too much, probably. <laughs> what is your favorite binge-worthy Netflix or television show? Ooh. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm really right now uh, into, like, Yellowstone. That's a, such a uh, popular really, answer. I know. I really, I, I've really been into that. I, I'm looking forward to watching, is it? 1816 was the pre to that but i'm looking forward Uh, to watching that there's a pre to it so uh but i haven't had time yet yeah i gotta watch yellowstone because you're like the third or fourth coach to say that that's what they're watching (laughs) so good okay last question ready if you're able to make it out of the midwest region i don't want to jinx anything but if you're able to make (laughs) it out of there uh how badly do you want another shot at lubbock christian oh my gosh love it (laughs) Would love it. How I, how cool would it be for us to be in the finals together again? That'd be that'd be pretty cool. No, I I think that would be um, I'd love that just because you know last year I felt like just being um, you know new with the girls and that and not having a lot of time with COVID we weren't as prepared as probably we needed to be and um, we probably had some things we could have worked on if we had more time together throughout the year to really prepare us. Where uh, this year I think we've we're we've prepared them for about anything they could see uh with us so i'd love that opportunity yeah yeah it's becoming a nice little postseason rivalry so i think everybody would you know (laughs) well for those of you that are watching let's just point it out that coach is not driving and we really appreciate (laughs) you in in the passenger seat uh taking some time on on your trip right now uh to talk to us especially like like we said with the glbc tournament going on the rest of the week too so um we wish you luck and thank you again for joining us Thank you, guys. Appreciate both you guys. Yeah, and remember, before we go, D2 Nation, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and just about anywhere else you want to listen. Give us a follow, join us on Twitter, and we'll see you next week on the D2 Nation.